welcome to another episode of Everything Under the Sun. This is Everything Under the Sun, and that's under without an E. I'm your host, Savvy Speaks, and we're back with another podcast episode. Um, as you can see today, we have a special guest, but I'm gonna let him introduce himself a little bit later. Um, if you're new to Everything Under the Sun, this is a podcast where we talk about literally everything under the sun, but we like to take it from a spiritual perspective. So every now and then we put scripture, we put um, just biblical principles in there, and we talk about really, really, really deep things. So welcome. You can listen th- uh, to this podcast on YouTube, Spotify, or Apple Podcasts. Um, without further ado, I'm going to go ahead and get into the weather check. So as you know, we are in Atlanta, a.k.a. Lawrenceville, Georgia, and the high is 88, the low is 69, but it is hot over here under the sun. So if you're new here, hot stands for honest, open, and transparent. So we like to keep it really, really real here on this podcast. So I have something that I say, you can't cancel me unless I've canceled myself. You hear me? You can't cancel me unless I've canceled myself. All right. So I'm going to go ahead and let my guest introduce himself. How you doing, guys? Uh, my name is Morris Usu. Uh, heard about Sabrina's podcast for a little bit of time, but excited to be here and learn a lot and figure out everything under the sun. Okay, give us a little some some to work about you. Who is Morris? Um, I'm 22 years old. Um, I'm in the military. I was uh, active duty for two and a half years, uh, stationed in Fort Riley, Kansas, and now I'm in the National Guard, and uh, I'm soon to be going to school for finance. Cool beans, cool beans. So this is Morris. We go to the same church together. And so when he told me that he was in the military, I was like, ooh, I've never met or I've never been really close to someone who's been in the military and is back. So I wanted to kind of share his personal experience. So actually today we're going to be soaking up some vitamin D on mental health with men and sharing uh, Morris's military experience. So I'm going to go ahead and throw this question to you was what got you interested in the military and how was that experience being an African in the military? Being an African in the military, let's touch base on that first. Okay. First of all, with the last name Owusu, because in the military, there's not really like a first name. Mm -hmm. It's always your last name. So there was always a struggle of people pronouncing your last name. So I would get Suwu or Wu-Wu. People used to call me Wu-Wu for short. Mm -hmm. Or like uh, Suwu, like with the gangs and stuff. Mm -hmm. Like Oh, Suwu? Yeah, Suwu with the, (laughs) the gangs and all that. So. They used to crack a lot of jokes and stuff. It was all in good faith. It was all fun. But with an African, I would say, I mean, of course, I missed out on the food. In Kansas, there's not that much Ghanaian culture there. So I kind of had to adopt the the white culture for the most part. So you don't want to always be the odd man out. And you just kind of just act like everybody that's around you. And, I mean, it was fun. I loved the experience, honestly. It was great. Wow. Okay, so what got you into the military in the first place? What specifically got me in the military was after school. Um, after high school, I, I wanted to go get an education benefit. So that's what specifically really got me going. And just knowing, like, the plethora of benefits to get with, like, health insurance, dental insurance. I mean, the pay wasn't great, but it was something. And pretty much just, like, getting a free education when I got out of school. So that was probably the main thing that really pursued me. Most people don't really join in for, like, protecting their country oh no no like nine times out of ten most of the people say like for the benefits or they're paying for like your entire school experience yeah there's a lot it's a lot of people that say that a little bit but the reality is they're going in for the benefits but i mean at the end of the day they're still you know serving the country so i Mm -hmm. think it's it's still a good it's a win-win wow so if you go to school now they cover all the costs yes if i go to school for eight twelve years it's 
all covered. I could go be a doctor. I could go probably be an investment banker, which is probably what I'm going to do. And they'll cover everything. If I want to go travel to France and go to school, wow. they'll cover, you know, foreign exchange program. They'll cover everything. So that's why it's such a lure for, you know, young black men specifically, mm-hmm. specifically to go um, into the military. Were you in JROTC before? In high school, no. The JROTC was never really a thing. I didn't mm-hmm. want to dress up like every Wednesday in the whole uniform and all that stuff. A lot yeah. of people were making fun of them a little mm-hmm. bit. You know, high school is a little bit sometimes. So, you know, always have to have everything like uh, in check. So, because I had a lot of friends that were also in JROTC, you know, used to joke around, you know how guys are. But JROTC was never something I really wanted to enroll myself in specifically. Okay. Now I had, you know, in my school, you used to kind of make fun of them as well because they would like run around like the school in their uniforms and everybody's just like, what are they doing? <laughs> but I know that I've heard that they would target like schools like, we're we're like a low income area and so they would target a lot of hispanics and a lot of blacks because they're just like well we're going to promote you know higher value things for other schools and people that have money but then in our areas they're just like okay well y'all go to the army so do you feel like that's true like they kind of target low income people to go to the army yeah it can definitely be a way out for a lot of people that are struggling in low income areas so geographically they probably do target specific demographics of people based on their income so, I mean, I don't think that's necessarily wrong. You're still kind of like saving somebody because there's, I think there's a net positive when, you know, young kids are getting disciplined and getting structure and also getting paid and mm-hmm. everything taking care of them while they're in the military. But I mean, I think it depends the intention of, you know, the person when they're going. So if their intention is right and they're going in to like learn discipline and have structure, then I think it's pretty much a net positive for them. Okay. So give me insight on like army culture. Army culture. Okay, so there's an acronym called leadership. So yeah, with the army values, leadership. So the L stands for loyalty, D standing for duty, R spelling for respect, S standing for selfless, and honor and integrity and personal courage. So that's kind of like the whole um, culture and the values that everybody in the military or specifically in the army really stand for. Um, and they always try to like, put us under that umbrella of embracing that as a culture because there's so many different people from different walks of life in the military. I've met like people that were even Amish that didn't even know how to use any computers. I met people from, you know, different countries that coming in that are coming in to try to get like citizenship. Mm -hmm. So there's multiple different like cultures and backgrounds of people. So you coming together, I think if you have like a consistent value that everybody can embrace together as one, I think that's why the military really um, wanted to have something where everybody can uh, pursue some type of value and I think it was beneficial so and I think I still kind of apply that to my life right now okay so give me some of like the juicy culture like <laughs> like what stereotypes are true about people who go to the military or are in the military okay well they talk about how a lot of dudes in the military are dogs mm. um specifically because a lot of like around uh, the culture and uh, being around a duty station, a lot of times it's, it's very impoverished around like a duty station. So like where I was around was Fort Riley. There was a city called Junction City that was outside of it. And it was kind of a very poor, um, low income area. And there was like a lot of crime and a lot of bad things going on. So sometimes you would see sol- soldiers get involved with like doing some sketchy stuff. Mm-hmm. Like uh, just like high school kids and college kids would be doing like a little bit of sketchy stuff because they're young they got money 
they got their own room. So, True. you know, the dudes are inviting girls to their, their room. Girls are kind of portrayed and seen as in like a negative light. The girls that are in the military. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of negative things that you see with people that are young in the military, which is why like you always have kind of have the structure and the values right. that are in place to try to like lead these guys in a good direction. Mm -hmm. But um, a lot of it is true. I'm going to be honest. A lot of it is true. Okay. So then what effect do you think being in the military had on your mental health? Hmm. When I first got in my mental health, I, th I say, well, my mental health was okay. At 18 years old, you're not really thinking about mental yeah. health that much. You're probably just trying to figure out and navigate, like, life. You don't really know that much. So you're just trying to figure out, like, as you go. But during the process, when I was in the military, I experienced a little bit of sadness and being depressed a little bit. Mm -hmm. Just, like, a lot of people in the military, like, kind of feel that way because it's, like, although you do have a friendship and close time with your brothers, but everybody, like, in your family is, like, gone somewhere else. So, like, wow. Thanksgivings are lonely. Your birthdays are lonely. Christmas is lonely. And during COVID, you couldn't really leave. So you kind of feel like you're stuck in a box. Mm. And you can't really do that much because you can't really leave, like, outside 100, 150 miles um, in terms of, like, the radius they had us in because of COVID. Oh. So y'all still kept, like, the six feet distance thing? Oh, yeah, six feet distance. There was no combatives, a lot of training we couldn't do. We always had to have a mask everywhere. A lot of people didn't. You have to shave in the military. Oh, really? Yeah, and a lot of people didn't shave. They just keep their mask on. Wow. But <laughs> there was there was a lot of restrictions. We couldn't really go anywhere. But we did always made sure, like, we were fed. Like, I know, like, here, like, people didn't. Everything was cleaned out. There was no water. There was no toilet paper. They made sure the military was okay. So oh, that's good. I kind of never dealt with no toilet paper or no water coming, or there was no water that we could get access to. Mm -hmm. Okay, so being in the military, you mentioned that you were sad, depressed, and, like, feeling all of these negative, lonely emotions. What did you do to, like, climb out of that? Okay. I did have a therapist in the military that I actually used to talk to about once or twice a week. Um, his name was Dr. Shaw. Um, shout out to Dr. Shaw if you're watching this. But <laughs> um, we talked, and... He uh, kind of put me on with cognitive therapy, which is uh, journaling. Mm -hmm. So I used to like write down a lot of my thoughts. And instead of just like bottling them up, I think that was very cleansing for me. So mm -hmm. I always try to uh, just journal anytime I was feeling like down, depressed. Because for me specifically at that time, I didn't have the knowledge to like kind of internalize whatever I was going through. Right. And like figure out how I could use this as like something positive, like whatever I'm going through. Now I, I think I more equipped to handle any situation I get through. But during the time I was, I was very overwhelmed with it. Mm. I think it's cool that you mentioned therapy because I always say that I'm an ad advocate for like counseling and therapy. I feel like it's definitely, definitely needed. And especially in like this, like the last five years, it's been like emphasized so much where we didn't really like take therapy seriously in the, in the past, especially being African and stuff like that. So like going in, did you have any like skepticism where you just like, oh, I don't need a therapy. Like I got it. Oh, yeah, you're definitely skeptical. You're like, because this is a negative connotation. One, that it's for, like, rich white people. Yeah, right? okay. There's the one, the black people don't really do it. Mm -hmm. And then the second one is, like, is something wrong with you? Like, are you crazy? Like, do you belong in, like, a crazy house or anything right. like that? And there's definitely other people in the military. You didn't want to tell them, but, like, one of my friends found out and started sharing it. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, it was it was a whole big thing. But it was, it was kind of fun to him. But, I mean, it did hurt a little bit because, you know, you don't want to share that with yeah. everybody your problems you're going to go through but it was all in good faith but um 
specifically it was it was it was a good experience for me like i still uh contact dr shaw every once in a while he checks up on me um it shows that they care a little bit and that's just something that i think somebody my age can definitely benefit from wow okay so how has your mind changed about therapy since like you first started when you were going through it and now that i don't know if you're still meeting with dr shaw but like you pretty much how has your mind changed about like therapy i think it's definitely changed for the better um as you grow up and you learn more about life you think you know everything at a young age but then you start to like realize okay there's so much more out there there's so much more things about the brain that i don't even know right. there's things that's happened for me as a young age that are affecting me now that I don't even realize that are affecting me because of so-and-so happened. So XYZ happened. So you don't really know. So them really trying to unpack all the demons or skeletons in the closet that really happened. Sometimes it could be pretty therapeutic, but you kind of go in thinking like, this is not really real. They're just trying to make me feel a certain way. Like they're going to put me on Prozac (laughs) or some type of depression medicine. So alter my brain or whatever the case may be. Mm -hmm. But you go in and then you actually go in, you go in and then you actually get the therapy and you're like, well, this is actually beneficial. Like top athletes do it. Celebrities do it. So I think, everybody can really benefit from therapy no that's facts like i was saying i'm an advocate because honestly i i started going to counseling in college and before then my thing is like i'm not gonna spend money to do this like because it was provided to me as a free opportunity so now that i started to go and i see that there's licensed professionals for this i'm like oh like i didn't know it's something i didn't know i needed let me say that um and i i I feel like it's a it's a thing that a lot of people don't actually know that they need because they just feel like i'm just going through life life happens it is what it is but then it's like when you actually have someone to talk to about it and they like have gone through textbooks they have certifications to know why you feel the way that you feel i'm like why wouldn't you go see a therapist like it's needed right for sure for sure definitely in the military too you got the little macho everybody tough attitude you know so when they hear that a little bit, they're like, why are you going to therapy? Something wrong with you? Su-woo, something wrong with you? Like, why you got to go to that? And then when it got out, like, just everybody was talking about it. But, like, they tell you, like, you should be, you know, getting help if you need to. But there's still, like, the negative connotation around other guys. Like, oh, something, you're a wuss. Mm-hmm. Something wrong with you. But, you know, I, I I dealt with it. And I was better than them at PT. So I still talk, you know, my smack and uh-huh. stuff. But it was, it was a good experience. I mean, I wouldn't change anything if I could right. go back in time. I would still do the therapy again. So what would you tell somebody in military, like, right now who, like, wants to do mental health, like, wants to go to therapy, but they're just kind of like, oh, I don't want all that backlash? Well, you can always check into your Army hospital and not tell anybody. You could tell your um, your chain of command that you want to go see somebody, one. And you could, there's usually, like, a, somebody specific that you can talk to in every unit that's required to have secrecy. So you could go to, uh, speak to them and say you want to go talk to, like, a mental health specialist or you need to go see somebody and they could kind of plug you in and they're going to like make sure they take care of you. You're a soldier. Like you're more urgent than anybody else on the whole duty station and pretty much anybody else like in the whole country. They Mm -hmm. like take care of soldiers first. So you'll find somebody if you really need to, but you have to like reach out. Like there's so many programs out there to help you, but you have to reach out. Mm -hmm. And even outside of the military, there's so many programs out there that are just like, Come to us if you need help. I mean, a lot of them, they charge, you know. If you're you're in the military, (laughs) if you're in school, they cover you, but they'll charge in real life. But, like, I don't know why there's such a negative connotation with, well, I guess I do know why. (laughs) There's, like, such a negative connotation with, like, mental health because i guess what we've seen on tv is if you got a problem you're in a straight jacket and they're they're shooting you with shots and i feel like that's like the more extreme side of things like things it takes a minute before it gets there but because right. it was never dealt with 
then that's what it turns out like. But we're thinking that like, okay, if I go to a counselor and talk about my feelings, why do I have to do that when I could just talk to my parents? I could just talk to my siblings. Right. So why do you think that there's such a negative connotation around like focusing on mental health? Okay. Specifically for men, they're going to say that you're weak mm. and something is wrong with you. You can't deal with whatever problem that you have and it's bringing you down so much that you can't like actually tough it out. Mm. And it's like you're not macho enough. You're not strong enough. You're not resilient enough. You're not persistent enough to handle whatever has got to you. So, and that's a whole big thing for like toxic masculinity and all that. that that's a buzzword. Maybe we'll touch on that a little bit later. But I think the whole thing is just specifically that they don't want to pay one. Oh. They, they, they don't want to pay. And there's two. It's like you're talking to Dr. Stacy to just tell you about your problems or right. make you feel better or maybe give you Prozac or whatever the case may be. Because they kind of do give Prozac out pretty willy mm. They even offered it, that to me. And I was like, I'm not taking no pills right. to make myself feel happy. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't want to rely on pills to be happy throughout right. life. So maybe that's kind of the negative connotation. It's just like the other people, like they don't want to be shamed. They don't want to be judged. I mean, we're humans. We're social creatures. So that's probably where it's the underlying reason. They just don't want to be judged by other people. Mm. So guys feel like you're not macho enough to handle things and stuff like that. Like what, I don't know, like what is something that you have to macho out versus someone that you, like something that you can seek someone for? Is, it, is there like a thin line between like, I can handle this by myself versus I need help? Yeah, it's, it's definitely a gray area because one, dudes are very competitive. Like, dudes really care about the respect of another man mm. more than they care about probably anything else because there's, like, a hierarchy and there's, like, status. Like, that's why dudes really seek, like, status to get, like, respect from, like, other men. Wow. They always want to be, like, the dominant male figure. They want to be, like, the macho. That's why dudes look up to guys like uh, Andrew Tate and all this stuff. Like, a lot of people Boy. aspire to be mm. like him, right? Because he has money, he has cars, he seems to be, you know, well-spoken and intelligent, he has women, he has all this stuff. Like, a lot of dudes respect that, you know? So I think maybe it's just the underlying desire of, like, to be more. I think that's what specifically mm -hmm. it is. I find that to be interesting because then when you think about someone like Andrew Tate, do you think he cries? Do I think he cries? Yeah. <laughs> I think he probably cries. I think if somebody in his family died, he may shed a tear. Okay, but, like, let's say if he was going through a hardship, you don't think he would cry? Uh, he would make sure nobody saw him on camera. <laughs> I know for sure. <laughs> yeah. But do I think he cries? Uh, I mean... I think it's possible. I mean, men cry. Men cry. Yeah, I, I, I do believe men cry. I mean, hey, Jesus wept, John 11, 35. But <laughs> no, I just find it interesting because when you see someone like Andrew Tate where it looks like he has everything all together, it's like it's so hard to p even picture that he would cry right. or like that he would even be emotional or, or like vulnerable at all. And so I realized that's kind of like the picture for a lot of guys. It's just kind of like they don't cry they're always going to tough it out this is probably going to play games uh sh shout out the screen whenever they're playing a ps4 or something like that <laughs> that's how they get out their emotions like that's what i've heard i don't cry I just i just play games and i'm just like hey but there's more to life than just like video games yeah. yeah and so i just wonder like do you feel like there's an idea that attaches sensitivity to like being weak or like being too feminine for a guy yeah there's an idea of them being too feminine one they may be scared that like they do that and they're not accepted by women to a certain degree. I know, like, everybody's saying that, like, men should cry and all that. But there's still probably a little bit of, like, underlying, like, doubt. Like, if I actually do cry, like, is this girl going to think that, like, I'm a wuss? Like, right. I'm, like, I can't, like, I'm not a very respectful man. Like, so there's probably a little bit of that. And then it probably goes back to really, like, the men. Like, they just don't want to cry in front of another man because, like, 
dudes kind of like bully each other a little bit like we make fun <laughs> yeah. of each other like the worst place you can go through is like a high school locker room you know in football or pe class mm-hmm. or whatever like dudes are playing with towels and whipping each other on the back like punching each other a little bit like boxing or slap boxing people mm-hmm. used to do back in the day so like dudes kind of bully each other a little bit so if you start to cry it's gonna get even worse like they're gonna come at you even harder like why are you crying so uh, that's probably mm-hmm. like the reason it's probably like a little bit of the past things that reinforce that you shouldn't be weak and if you show any type of perceived weakness mm-hmm. dudes are gonna take that and like oh bully you like even to the 10x degree wow so then do you do you agree that boys will be boys in what context what do you mean boys will be boys? like you know when people are just like they see like boys roughhousing and they're like boys will be boys yeah boys do that i mean they got all that energy testosterone you gotta kind of get it out in some way they're just gonna start wrestling for no reason or super competitive in basketball or super competitive in video games mm-hmm. like they got to find a way to like release up all that like testosterone so if they if they don't really have one i mean i don't think that's really good for a dude that just mm-hmm. has all the energy and just internalizes it by himself right so then do you think that would cause someone to be more sensitive where they don't really like release their emotion through playing games or through playing basketball but they internalize it and then it comes out as tears do you think that makes them more sensitive makes it more sensitive no i wouldn't say it makes it more sensitive i mean it depends what outlet that you want to use mm-hmm. like for me i use like the gym a little bit i still have still talk to dr shaw every once in a while mm-hmm. like i think there's de- better ways that i internalize my problems but i think it's just whatever what specific man is going to allow himself to cry or go to the gym or talk to his mom or his brother or his best friend or his wife or whatever the case may be but i do think you just need an outlet but it doesn't make you sensitive mm-hmm. if you cry I wouldn't really cry in front of like the whole world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wouldn't do that. But I would find somebody like you're comfortable around crying with and you know that won't really like make fun of you. Or even if they do make mm-hmm. fun of you, you know that you know, you'll be comfortable with that. Right. Like you're not just making fun of me while I'm actually crying, but like no. you're joking to make me happy type stuff. Right. Okay. So then what do you think is the innate response to a guy who's in emotional distress? Emotional distress? It'll probably depend on what specifically happened to him. Like if it's something crazy, like maybe somebody the death in the family mm-hmm. or anything anything like that but if like let's say your girl left you or something and he's in extreme emotional distress it's going to kind of depend on the friend if he's more of a nurturing uh friend then he's probably going to be like it's going to be okay everything's going to be all right you know there's a lot of fishing to see if it's another guy he may make fun of you a little bit to try to pull you out of it like he could like trying to like actually help you but he may like make fun of you mm-hmm. so you can actually get better because that's what a lot of dudes do like if a guy is like maybe a little bit overweight or whatever the case mm-hmm. may be. You may be like, hey, man, you're getting kind of big, bro. And But, like, you don't see where the girls do that. They're not going to say another girl's like, you're, you're fat. <laughs> no, we will yeah, not. But, but dudes will do that. They'll be like, hey, man, you're kind of fat and getting out of shape. You're like a slob. You're like a hot mess. Mm-hmm. And dudes will use that to, like, okay, yeah, maybe you're right. When you look in the mirror and then maybe you do look kind of like a slob. So, so it's just it's just kind of how dudes are to a certain degree mm-hmm. but there's also the other side of it because every every action has an equal and opposite reaction so you got to think about like the other side of it but I, it depends on like the guy can he take it or not man nah that's where guys and girls are different because we don't like <laughs> even if you see somebody like gaining weight you don't blatantly tell them but then it depends on culture because like the african side of things like naturally if you see somebody losing weight you're like oh girl you look good like little yeah. slim dick yeah. but i've learned like through like I think it was even just like one or two negative experiences where I was like oh my gosh you lost weight and uh they responded like not how I thought they were gonna respond yeah. I just want people commenting on my body and, the, and I was like oh 
Oh, because for me, that was that was never like a bad thing. But then I realized, okay, so some people they lose weight, but it's not necessarily what they wanted to do. So I was like, okay, maybe I just shouldn't say anything. But then it's so much in me, like me, my African girls, me, hey, you looking fine, nice waist, <laughs> big butt, you know. So yeah. yeah, I just had to learn that. It, I guess it's different for other people, like different for certain people, and not everybody likes their body to be commented on and stuff like that. So I mean, y'all guys, you guys are tough because wow. Yeah, it could definitely affect them because they may be thinking like, okay, so how was I looking before? Like, mm. was I looking bad? And you just said I look beautiful, and I really didn't look beautiful. So why are you saying I look beautiful now? I'm skinnier now, <laughs> you know. So it may like they may like be, still be thinking like, oh, I really gotta watch my weight now. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I don't want to go back before uh-huh. where they really didn't think I was beautiful. They was just saying I was beautiful just mm-hmm. to make me feel good, you know. So yeah. I think it could cause a little bit of more stress okay. on them, and it could be like a net negative then, but. It kind of depends on the person as well. No facts. With girls, you can't be too, too specific because, like you said, we go back in our mind like, how did I look yesterday? Why did she say I look good today? Yeah. How was I looking the day before? So it's like, you just got to say, oh, you look good. But, I mean, me, I'm genuine about my compliments. So if I mean it, I mean it. If I don't say anything, then, I mean, I, I don't say anything, you know? Yeah, I think that's the best philosophy. Just try to be, like, a kind, kind genuine person. But I wouldn't – I, I tiptoe around saying, like, you look good today. Or now you look good. Or you gotta watch out for those keywords. You had a transformation, like unless they're like posting like before and afters, I wouldn't really like speak on it too mm-hmm. much. I'd still call them, you know, you look great, you look beautiful. You know, I still give them, you know, genuine compliments. Mm-hmm. So that's for girls, but for a guy, like let's say someone like they obviously have been going to the gym and you're like, wow. Do you think it's appropriate for girls to be like, oh wow, like you look good? Like, you know, touching and feeling on the muscles, or like how does that make a guy feel whenever we do that? It's an amazing feeling, honestly. With guys that actually lift weights, you probably get more subtle attention from women. They're not going to usually touch you or say you've been working out. Guys are going to usually kind of like, oh, you've been getting big. Because, like, I think it's like some evolutionary thing of, like, wanting to have somebody to fight with you. Oh, Like, hey. somebody to back you up. No, I, I think this is like the evolutionary, like, hunter-gatherer society mm-hmm. type of thing. Like, you want somebody able to, like, fight with. So, like, when you see another big dude, you're like, oh, this is a guy I don't want to go to war with. He has some scars. He lifts some weights. You know? Okay. He's definitely a strong person. But with, like, girls, you're not going to really see it that much. They'll be subtle. They may look, but they may not even want to boost you up too much, you mm-hmm. know? So uh, I think it just depends on, like, the specific person. That's very interesting. I've seen some girls that's just like, okay, I see you. And other girls like, oh, my God, you've been going to the gym. Oh, let me feel your muscle. <laughs> yeah, summer so, body. <laughs> okay, no, that's summer body. I think, okay, so that's good. It makes me know that, like, guys appreciate the notice. Like, they yeah. they want people to notice. For sure, for sure. That's a big reason why they really work out in the first place. So right? even if they're acting like, man, I don't really care what they say. Like they're they're really like, yeah, yeah, yeah I got it. Oh yeah, it's just a little bit of like deniability to, just to play it along. They really care. Like okay. guys really really work that hard. Mm-hmm. If it wasn't for women, like no doubt about it, mm. they still would do it to like, at least like in terms of the hierarchy and status between other men, mm. know that they're dominant. But I don't think a lot of dudes would just really be pushing themselves super hard if woman wasn't you know a little bit of it but they're not huge but just a little bit of it so they, not, they might not say it but it's just a little bit of so it. you're saying we are very influential in a man's life oh yeah definitely dudes okay. do does dudes desire money status and all that for women that's why they chase a bag to get more women like that's mm. the reason why they do those things mm. is it possible that like a guy could be like i'm doing all this and all this to get one girl's attention like is it always like women in general or is it just like i want that girl it could be one girl. I I wouldn't really agree with that philosophy to just mm. fixate on just one girl you want so much. You're going to, I mean, if it's going to really change your life for the better, then it's more of a net positive. Then, I mean, I would do that. But you're kind of like setting yourself up for like 
also a failure because if she doesn't want you, I mean, then you're kind of screwed. What are you going to do? Go back to what you did before and you just had all this change in your life that was good. You had momentum. So I wouldn't really fix it on one girl, but I would say for most dudes, it would probably be women in general. But if it was just mm. one girl, then I mean, it wouldn't be the end of the world. I think that's interesting because I'm trying to think about it from like a female's perspective and I can only speak from mine because I know everyone has like a different motive why they work out. But like for me, whenever I go to the gym and I notice my body's changing, I'm like, wow, I really like this for me. Like, like I'll see myself. I'm like, oh, girl, get it. And so whenever my female friends comment, I'm like, mm, yeah, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Go to the gym. But like whenever guys notice it, I think it's I think it's different. Some girls would actually do it because they like the fact that guys notice them more. And in my mind, I'm like, hmm, guys are noticing me more interesting mm. and so i try not to like let it get to my head whenever a guy notices because i'm just like well i mean hey i wasn't doing for you in the first place but <laughs> <laughs> i don't know yeah. if that differs for like other women who are just like i want guys to notice me so i think that's the difference so interesting yeah i think it's different maybe i mean girls you know they like want to get their butt and stuff a little bit they want to get their butt bigger get the summer body mm. dudes want to get their chest their shoulders the abs and whatnot but i mean the reason they're probably doing that is for really women like they wow. probably want to look like the dudes on the magazine. They don't want to get super big and super macho, like super so like a bodybuilder. Like mm -hmm. that's kind of a turnoff for a lot of girls. Mm -hmm. But they still want like a little bit of a Brad Pitt body, Ryan mm -hmm. Reynolds body, and still like the slim, a little bit athletic build. So mm -hmm. like when they take their shirt off, they feel good. Like mm -hmm. they're gonna want to show it. Oh, they're gonna want to show oh, it. Oh, they're definitely gonna want to show it because it's gonna be only a positive. Like that's how they see it. They're okay. gonna be a positive. So, ladies, what I'm hearing is continue to do it for you because he's also doing it for you, too. <laughs> no, okay, so we're talking about physical health, but I want to kind of tie it back into mental health. What do you feel like is the link between, like, men's physical health and their mental health at the same time? Okay, for sure. If you go on a neurobiology level, when you work out, your whole body changes. Your testosterone increases, dopamine increases, um, ambition increases. So it's just like a perpetual cycle. So, like, when you're accomplishing more goals in the gym, you get more testosterone. That more testosterone makes you more ambitious. Mm -hmm. And you start accomplishing just a whole bunch of different things. Like when you set out uh, goals and not just the health space, but in anything in your life, like in school, anything. So like working out is so beneficial for your body. It completely changes everything for your physical and your mental health. So mental health is definitely correlated with the physical health as well. Like, but you don't want to just kind of just be like a super muscular guy. Right. And your mental health is in the garbage. The, the garbage can, you know, a lot of bodybuilders. I had a friend that was a bodybuilder in the military, and he was dealing with, like, mental health problems because, you know, the steroids um, and a lot of these things, like, they really mess with your hormones mm -hmm. and all that stuff. So, you know, physical health and mental health are definitely correlated. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's true, regardless of if you're a male or female. Uh, working out is, like, one of the things that is, like, so necessary to just live a healthy life. Because right. they always say, what is it? Drink water. Drink, is, is it, you know, 64 ounces of water a day. Work out pray meditate and like literally your life will be so much better and i feel like if we all actually exercised for at least 16 minutes a day drank water and did what we had and slept for eight hours plus our lives would be so different sorry let me even also add eating right eating vegetables and fruits i feel like we'd be like in our best state of mind ever yeah for sure for sure definitely like even like on your cellular level, when you work out, things that age you, it's called your telomere cells. Mm -hmm. And when you actually work out, you slow that process of wow. your telomere cells lengthening. So you, you don't reverse you don't reverse aging, but you slow that you slow it down. Mm. So like when I'm forty, I will not feel forty. Yeah. Because on a cellular level, my body is adapting to all the things that I have to 
to put stress under mm -hmm. so like since i've been using my muscles and keep it like moving mm -hmm. my body is going to continue to provide nutrients and glycogen and energy to fuel those muscles because if you don't use anything then your body's going to conserve the conserve neurons conserve mm -hmm. glycogen and not pump any nutrients in there because wow. all your body wants to do is survive yeah like it doesn't really want to thrive hey. so it's just going to like just save nutrients because you're not using anything so why do i need to put anything in there if you're not mm -hmm. working it out I feel like I'm in like a health class right now. All these scientific <laughs> words, glycogen <laughs> and tricyclic or something, something. <laughs> Neurons. Okay. Wow. How did you learn about this stuff? Me? Oh, I've, I've always been a very inquisitive person. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, the curiosity was just a spark for me when yeah. I was younger. So, you know, I'm a very eclectic. I like reading and philosophy and just a whole bunch of wide range of things. Because, mm. like, when I want to put it together, I, I kind of see it as, like, lye soup you know just hey. <laughs> uh, different ingredients that just make the soup you know yeah. special you know you can't just have water you know you gotta have broth and you gotta have the goat and all these different yeah. things so i like to learn from like the best thinkers of our time like people that are really like remembered mm -hmm. and just try to apply that to my life like of course you don't have to take everything from everybody yeah there's things that like some philosophers they're not even christian you know so i really want to take that from them. Mm -hmm. but there's things that you can learn from like people. yeah even like the negative experiences you can learn okay let me not do this mm -hmm. and let me take this. So, and then I apply it to my life. So that's where the curiosity kind of really stems from. Just wanting to learn from everybody to just have yeah. a better life for myself. I think that's really appeasing as a person, uh, sorry, not appeasing, appealing as a person, just because you are like kind of what you said, eclectic, you're well-rounded. And so, you know, a little bit about this, a little bit about this. And the fact that you're a Christian too, I like the fact that you don't keep it strictly with just the Bible. Like, of course the Bible is like the basis, but you go out and you find uh, things that align with the Christian faith. Right. And I think that's what something a lot of Christians need to like learn on. You don't just read the Bible. You don't just listen to like, you don't just just go straight from the Bible, but you have to go out and learn about the world. And so I, I was listening to this preaching by uh, Pastor Tim. Well, he's not pastor anymore, but Tim Ross. And he was saying that when Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego went into Babylon and then they changed their names, they read like literature. They let, they read Babylonian literature because they were Israelites. They couldn't, keep having an israelite mind while they were in babylon or else they would have like failed mm -hmm. and so they they updated themselves on what is the literature of the babylonian people what music do they listen to what this this isn't this and so although they kept scripture for themselves and although they kept a relationship with god they still learned about the places where they were at and so i feel like that's what you're doing where you're becoming well-rounded you know about fitness you know about health you know about philosophy you know about christianity and i think at the end of the day that makes you a more well-rounded person yeah when i just go back and like look at the people that probably had the biggest impact on like human history like mm -hmm. if you um say jesus like yeah he, he was the messiah i mean he was the best of all best but like still learning like under uh john the baptist and you know the church is like i always just try to learn from like the people that really remember like, right even if people don't really agree with them like you can learn from even somebody you dislike like maybe mm -hmm. hitler how crazy a man could get right you can learn how crazy somebody can get, but you're like, mm -hmm. okay, let me avoid this like the plague, right? Yeah. So you just know like, oh, some people can really get crazy. So you, you kind of go deeper and deeper into like personalities mm -hmm. and just a plethora of just subjects. I think that's something that's really lost nowadays. People look up to, and not to talk about anybody, but like yeah. Kardashians and mm. these influencers. I mean, I think you should be really be like looking up to like people that have had like great impacts right. on like our society, you know? You're right. I'm sorry. <laughs> Brief intermission and take. <laughs> but no, I really, I really actually like what you said because I think what we do 
as people now is we focus too much on the social aspect of people instead of like their actual impact like okay the most hated people in the world hitler and probably donald trump uh i don't benito mussolini i don't know if he was as hated but it's like we see them and we're like oh they're terrible cancel them they're no longer in existence but it's like they have to have done something right for their impacts to be as strong as it was and so i feel like as much as we don't like them as a people there's still something to learn from them and so how was adolf hitler so successful that he influenced so many people to kill three million jews is it three million six million hey thank you (laughs) six million jews he had to have done something right and so persuasive he was very persuasive and the thing is he did things that were intertwined with government he created systems and so it's not to say use the same strategy to accomplish the same negative mission but use the strategy for something good and this is why i always say like the devil is so smart like if we had the same drive as the devil then we wouldn't sleep because he's working overtime while we're sleeping and all these things if we actually learn his tactics and his strategies we would be able to do some serious damage to the kingdom of of darkness (laughs) but some of us we are just we are just entangled with 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 just i don't know it's our ignorance man uh, ignorance is pretty much the thing that i think suppresses Mm -hmm. everything like it suppresses your income um it's the invisible hand theory that adam smith coined Mm. i talked to like uh jessica about this a little bit um like and a lot of economists about this like there's always something that's suppressing you but you just don't know it's your ignorance Mm. so like i think whenever like people really feel sad they feel hopeless they don't know what to do Mm -hmm. but there's an answer out there but it's their ignorance. They don't really know. Is that the invisible hand theory that, like, they, oh, the invisible hand is really just with your income, the thing that suppresses oh. your income. Because if the thing that makes you income is your skills that you bring to society, right? But people don't really have those skills, and they don't know how to like take off that specific constraint, which is the invisible hand theory that Adam Smith talked about. Wow, I mean that aligns with scripture. My people perish for a lack of knowledge, and I feel like a lot of people, yeah. it's it is the ignorance that kind of drives us into places, and it's like if only you knew this. You could go so far. Yeah. That, that's the thing that's really limiting us from making $10 million. Like, if you know how to make $10 million, you would do it. But it's just, yeah. it's the ignorance. You just don't know. So you try to, like, remove that constraint as possible. And I try to pay down my ignorance. I call it ignorance debt mm-hmm. as soon as possible in your life. So you can just kind of, that's why I look, like, look at, like, the best people mm-hmm. and the most accomplished people in human history. Because, I mean, they've accomplished, like, so much success. Mm-hmm. You know, like Mother Teresa. I'm, I don't want to be like her. You right. know, I have my own goals and stuff like that. But you can learn from like how giving somebody can be, so you can learn from her. So, do you read a lot of self help books? Um, self help. Uh, I'm kind of on the fence a lot about that because mm. I feel like a lot of self help books are like kind of like motivation, mm. and I'm not. I don't really believe in motivation that much. I kind of believe in just like discipline mm-hmm. and just doing what needs to get done. Like I don't ever feel motivated to like read a book or go to the gym like i didn't want to go to the gym today and hit mm-hmm. legs like most guys don't want to ever do that but you just do it because it's what needs to get done but of course you can learn like how to win friends and influence people that's a staple i think everybody should read i mean there's multiple self-help books that you know i dive into but it's not something i really like read consistently over and over and over because i feel like it's kind of motivation and motivation is fickle it's just like an emotion mm. like, you're not going to feel motivated every day i don't think none of our parents felt motivated to wake up okay. at 6 a.m in the morning to go work they don't feel motivated mm. it's discipline you need to do what needs to get done so that's kind of the philosophy i climb that's interesting because i've heard this in this like motivation it what is it it's like it gets you started discipline keeps you going mm. and so i kind of like I like to put the two together to know that sometimes I don't feel motivated. So <laughs> I used to go on YouTube and like look up like 
motivating something 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 See. and then that would get me started but it wouldn't keep me because after a minute it would it would die it would back die down. down but i think building the discipline is what would keep me going just like okay well i did this yesterday and the day before and the day before and so i should do it now and that's something that i'm trying to build right now so like i i try to do it with like little little things so like for example flossing um I try. Oh my gosh, I have to make a habit of it because I used to not floss. It was like, what's the point of flossing? And so I went to the dentist and I was like, oh yeah, like I'm not trying to get gingivitis. So I would start <laughs> flossing and then they'll come. It's always like, I would always be good until there'll come a day where I don't feel like it. And that's usually the make or break. Yep. Like usually for people, like when you start something and then the day that you don't feel like it and you stop, that is going to be the point that breaks you and you have to start building consistency again. So like what motivates me is like, okay, I did it yesterday. And I did the day before. So if I don't do it today, it's going to break the cycle. Let me just do it. And then the next day when I also don't feel like doing it, I'm like, okay, let me just do it. And then it keeps me in the cycle of like disciplined flossing. Yeah, definitely routine over motivation for me. Routine yeah. is something you can stick with. You don't have to use that much energy. Like when you're on the bed and you're comfortable, you're not going to want to get up and like go floss. If you forgot to do it, you're yeah. like, oh my gosh, now I got to go do this so it's like kind of just routine maybe make it easy for yourself yeah you know, maybe have the pluckers just like right there already out so you don't have to open up the cabinet and go pull it out and you know, open true. the bag and you know do all that like just make it easy for yourself that's what i would say is the easiest way mm -hmm. to keep a habit going see i'm trying to like i don't know trying to kind of try to process because my thing is in the past i used to not want to make things easier for myself it's either it's black or white either you get it done or you don't so if you're going to do it do it scared but then i kind of learned that there's like kind of what you said easier ways to do things so like for example i was listening to a podcast about how a, a, some female she didn't grow up brushing her teeth so she didn't want to brush her teeth but then you know when you go around and brushing your teeth you're gonna get feedback and so she was trying to build a habit of brushing her teeth and she realized that whenever she brushed her teeth what was stopping her was like the taste of the toothpaste she didn't like it so she got like candy flavored uh toothpaste and mm. she, that made her brush her teeth every day so in my mind i have one side of me that's just kind of like Okay, that's good. She made it easier for herself. Now she does it. But on the other side, I'm like, but it doesn't matter how it tastes. Just do it, you know. Yeah, right. So I kind of teeter like between like, should I make it easier for myself or like, does that make it too so like too soft for me or should I just stick it out and run with it, you know? Yeah, I think it. I think it depends what philosophy that you really want. And she was definitely reinforcing, you know, positive behavior by getting a toothpaste that feels like candy. Yeah. So she's like rewarding herself for actually like brushing her teeth. But the other side of it is, like, you're punishing yourself by, you know, using toothpaste when you don't really want to. Mm -hmm. So, like, why not just, like, find an easy way you're getting a win-win instead of, like, you're getting your teeth clean. It's a win-lose right. when you're brushing with toothpaste that doesn't taste like candy for, for her specifically. So, I think, like, you you shouldn't just try to, like, tough it out, like, black and white. Mm -hmm. Like, there's a fine line. Like, let me just make this easy on myself. Like, it's easy for me to get up at this time if my alarm is far away. Mm -hmm. But I can put it next to me. And be like, oh, I'll make sure I get up. Like, but if you just make it easy for yourself that you know you're gonna get up if it's far away because you can't sleep with mm -hmm. it, then you're making it easy for yourself. And then it's easier to start that habit, and you kind of get like a flywheel, and you just keep going over and over and over, right. and it becomes a habit. Okay. So then let me first ask you, how do you, how do you build discipline for yourself? Well, it's just a choice to me specifically. Mm -hmm. I, don't, I don't think you kind of really like build it. You gotta have like a why, something that you're running towards or right. something that you're running away from like a lot of people on the forbes list they talk about like it's not like they're chasing wealth so much they're chasing or they're running away from like what's behind them it's mm -hmm. so like a lot of them like taste the dirt before mm. and they just never want to go back so they're like they're running away from like insecurity or a lot of them have like a superiority complex which is not like something you would really want 
but they feel like I'm better than, you know, my contemporary. So I have, and I have to like pursue this goal and whatever's behind me, I don't ever want to go back and like see something behind me that is like so bad. Like right. they did a study on this on some, uh, I think it was like some rats and they had a, they had a rats and they had cheese and they had a cat um, behind the rat. I don't know if you ever heard about this mm-hmm. thing, but they had like a, a wheel that was like spinning when the rats were running. And they had the cheese, and the first study was just them. That's specifically the rat and the cheese, and they were seeing how fast like the rat was running when it was just uh, they were running towards the cheese. And they also like did a separate study where they were seeing like uh, with the cat, like not like specific cat, but I think like uh, the smell of a cat mm-hmm. or something specifically correlated with the cat behind them. And they found out that the rat was actually running faster. Wow! So it's like not only do you need something to be chasing, like the cheese kind of maybe need something to run away from mm-hmm. that's behind you so you never go back to like what it used to be mm-hmm. so do you agree that like in life sometimes you actually need to be running away from something to achieve something because i don't know like the mo- the thing that's in my mind is i feel like there's this narrative that's just like you should be achi- chasing for the cheese because the cheese is good for you mm. and not because something is chasing you so it almost makes you feel bad because you don't want to be like poor anymore. Like, oh, that's a poverty mindset. Oh, you shouldn't. You should be trying to shoot for the stars just because it's the stars. But like, I think it's good. Well, for me personally, I feel like it's good that there's a motivation where I don't want to be poor again because I've tasted poor. I don't want to get caught by the cat because I'm going to die. And so I want to know your thoughts on that. Like, I think it just pretty much depends whatever really drives you. Like, mm. if you're like a super creative person like uh, Steve Jobs mm. and you really care about like how the, the iPhone looks and whatever and whatnot then you should just like focus on that. Maybe you don't need something behind you. But if you're somebody that's really just extremely running away from poverty, like uh, Elon Musk strikes me as a guy that's like very depressed and like mm. very sad. He always talks about that. So I think maybe he was running away from like how he used to get bullied when he was a kid, which wow. is maybe like why he's so like quote unquote successful, controversial, but yeah. quote unquote successful. So like, I think you maybe need a little bit of something to run away from. Like you see a lot of uh, athletes like LeBron mm. talk about like how, uh, when he was growing up, he didn't have a father or he was like in an impoverished neighborhood or used to be in the streets. Like mm-hmm. these guys are running away from the streets. They're not like running towards the money. They're right. running away. They don't ever want to go back to the projects, you know? Mm-hmm. So I think you maybe you do kind of need something, but I think it depends on the person. Like if you're more creative and you're okay with just chasing the cheese, then that's okay. But if you need something to like run away from, some insecurity that you never want to go back to again, then I think you should you shouldn't make pain. But if it's there, then like, why not? Li- why not let it fuel you? That is true. Yeah, I think that's. I think that's a good philosophy to really kind of like see. And a lot of people see the pain of like, oh, I'm sad. I'm not motivated. I don't really know what to do. Like, I think you should just kind of like internalize it. And you, there's still the line with like something that's like uh, crazy. Like maybe you need like therapy for. But you can still internalize that pain. And still, like, go forward with mm-hmm. it. Like, you just never want to go back again. I never, like, I tasted caviar. I never <laughs> want to go back to noodles again. I never yeah. want to go back to instant noodles again. I will never taste that again. Yeah. So that that can push you to wake up when you don't feel like waking up. And that's kind of what you're chasing. Yeah. I think what you're saying is inspiring me because I'm thinking there are moments where I realize I pray the hardest whenever, like, I, I, got, I got demons coming after me. Like, they're, like, Anytime I'm struggling or anytime I'm praying the most, it's when I'm struggling. Mm. And so it reminds me of, I don't know if you know Jonathan McReynolds. He's an artist. He makes music. And he says, may your struggles keep you near the cross. And I realize for most people, I mean, like if life was going well, you wouldn't pray as much because unless your relationship is based off of like having a sincere relationship with God. But 
many times people pray because things are going wrong or they're going sour and so i wonder it just makes me wonder like Hmm. don't make you shouldn't make any pain though i don't think you should make any pain <laughs> not necessarily like making pain but it just kind of introduces the philosophy of the fact that we turn to god and stuff like that whenever things are bad for us yeah. so not necessarily make the pain so that you know you can go near the cross but it's just it's like hmm, that thought you know yeah I think it's so much easier for humans to like run away from like losses than actually like applaud wins you know mm -hmm. because we're like survival creatures that are just thrive off like surviving like we're not really yeah. here to like thrive and like mm -hmm. be a doctor and all this mm -hmm. stuff we're really just for like survival so if you're like running away from something or you see like um a little kid under a car or something yeah and there's like a mother there she's not thinking about like i want to win she's like i need to save this person so it's you're like right. she, the fear of the loss of the child mm -hmm. is what's pushing her to be that strong and if she lifts her car mm -hmm. she probably couldn't do that again i mean i couldn't do that but right. that's probably like the fear of like losing the child. So loss is definitely something that I think that people can use to benefit them so they can accomplish more goals. Yeah. It reminds me of this like this vitamin slash prescription, like a conversation where if you and it's in marketing, if you market like for someone to buy vitamins, nine times out of ten, it's gonna make them feel better or it's gonna make them better health wise, yeah. but they're not gonna go for it. But if you tell them that if you take this medicine, you're gonna prevent that no, not prevent, but like let's say you have a cough take this in order to cure what you have people are more likely to buy Tylenol than they are to buy vitamins yeah. because they want to I don't know it's like solving a problem rather than being proactive yeah. and humans we do that a lot like we'd rather if I have an issue then I'm gonna fix it but if it's not broke I'm not gonna fix it yeah, you're never gonna buy any headache, headache medicine unless you have unless you have a headache <laughs> and people don't really buy vitamins unless you're like really proactive about your health yeah but yeah. So you kind of have to market it a certain way where you see this as a loss if you don't buy this product yeah That's exactly what people do. so I mean it's it's all kind of kind of cognitive really yeah. biases that they're using. I mean, it can teeter on manipulation, but sometimes it could be a win-win. You're doing something for the benefit of the consumer as well as the producer. But I mean, you kind of have to use a little bit of psychology on mm -hmm. people to a certain degree. Oh, when you're for sure. A big company. That's what people do with Apple. I mean, big companies like Frosted the Flakes. They all do it. So that's facts. Wow. Another thing that I wanted to talk about was like self-care, especially with men, because in case you guys don't know, Morris is one of the most like self-care gurus of like that of this of this day and age. Do you get your nails that. done? No, I don't. You don't get your nails done? Okay. Uh, I get a pedicure maybe like once every six months. So that's probably the only thing that he doesn't do. But he gets he, he takes care of his hair. He takes care of his skin. He has regimens. Go ahead. You know, just let him know what you do. <laughs> okay. I mean, it depends on like the person like whatever concerns they have specifically um like with their hair specifically what i'm talking like, about you specifically oh me specifically yeah yeah, yeah. okay with, well with my hair i don't know if you don't know but i just got my hair braided by savvy um so i try to take care as much of my hair as possible so i use like leave-in conditioner i use oils um for my skin um depending on like what i'm targeting that day if it's because like i still have a little bit of acne that i'm still targeting right now so like with products i may like I'm using a retinol right now to kind of like help that skin rejuvenation, like the the cellular the the skin cells underneath kind of like uh, rejuvenate faster. So you should get your tretinoin. You gotta go see a dermatologist about that. But um, I exfoliate like maybe once or twice a week. Um, it kind of depends like specifically what you're targeting. So it's kind of like hard to say like this is my routine with skincare. But skincare is like depending on like what specifically that day that you want to target mm. so if it's hyperpigmentation maybe it's more vitamin c to even out your skin tone if you feel like there's uh texture on your skin maybe you need a chemical exfoliate or physical exfoliate 
maybe it could be your cleanser. Like there's so and there's so many different skin types. There's oily, there's combination, there's dry, there's normal. I have like more oily skin. Most dudes kind of have more oily skin, like bigger pores. So it kind of depends on the person, really. I don't want to just say like my skincare is this. You know, there's so much that really goes into skincare. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta use that at least once per episode. No, because like that's that that knowledge that you provide. Like a lot of guys don't know that. A lot of guys don't care. Like some of the guys that I know, they just use water, and I'm like, how do you just use water for your face? And it it be the Ghanaians too. Ghanaians they have nice (laughs) chocolate skin, just water. But like someone like me, I can't just use water because that's not enough for my skin. So I think it always surprises me whenever you're talking about like high porosity, low porosity hair. You know your hair texture, and I'm just like, like what? Yeah, man. I mean, it's just I kind of. Like, girls like that when you actually kind of know <laughs> a lot about this. Like, they see that. It's like, oh, he takes care of themselves. Yeah. I've heard from some girls. I don't know if this is accurate, but girls want to show you off like a purse. Like, this mm. is my man. Like, who's with me? Valid. Like, you want to be proud of who you with. You don't want somebody to be like, oh, who's that? And I was like, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's my man. You know what I'm yeah, saying? So yeah. Definitely. So, I think it's about, like, longevity. You know, I don't want to look old, like, when I'm, like, 40. I mean, aging is a natural process, of mm-hmm. course. But, you know, I kind of want to look the youngest possible. So, you make sure you get your sunscreen on everywhere you go sunscreen. i mean you got to make sure you just try to look good because not only do i want to work out and look good but i just want to look good on the outside as well mm-hmm. you know so do you use collagen um collagen peptides like those blue ones that jennifer aniston used no specific i do use um a whole food supplement it's called athletic greens it's kind of like a multivitamin a whole food supplement as uh prebiotics in it or mm-hmm. probiotics in it like a plethora of like uh, a whole bunch of different greens and stuff and i take it every morning i've been taking it for like uh 20 days now oh, i feel amazing really i feel amazing i feel completely different like hey. the bowel movements are way better mm-hmm. um like you just feel like you can concentrate better and like you ever just like ate like greens and then you just feel like new or like how hey. you just you just feel new like a new person <laughs> or like how you feel like when you just slept but you slept like 10 12 hours uh-huh. and you just wake up and you feel energized mm-hmm. that's kind of how i feel now Wow. I feel like I got a new body. I don't know why I thought collagen was just for skin. No, there's, I mean, that's for joints and bones and there's a lot of, but I mean, I don't specifically just take it in the moment right now. My supplement stack is really just creatine for muscles and athletic greens that this wow. moment, just a ton of water, a ton of water. water is How much do you invest into your like health and wellness? Let's say like monthly. Sure. <sighs> okay. Skincare. So it can get expensive. I'm not gonna lie. Mm-hmm. I go to Ulta. Sephora is is good too, but it's a little more expensive. But I go to Ulta. Probably spend about like 150 a month. Hey, a month? Probably a month. Shut up. Yeah, a month. A I month. Also, yeah, I also go to Target too because I gotta exfoliate my body, and I use a retinol on my skin a little bit. Mm-hmm. It's not really recommended, but like a dermatologist told me that you can do that to help even your skin tone all over your body because mm-hmm. some people have like uneven skin tone on their body. So I got to get a retinol for that as well. And um, I use body conditioner, Olay. Um, what else I do? I use method body soap. Um, and I, I'm kind of a bigger dude, so I got to, like, exfoliate, like, my whole body, mm-hmm. you know? So it's hard to, like, get in all the big spaces, you know? Mm-hmm. So that guy cost me about, like, $40 at Target. And with all the skincare stuff, I mean, the cleansers, the moisturizers, the sunscreen, the exfoliates and then you got the treatments so the treatments usually are the really expensive ones like the vitamin c or the eye cream and whatnot i still try to kind of stay under the budget a little bit but mm-hmm. sometimes like I, I really like skincare yeah like it's like it's kind of self-care so i kind of enjoy 
like yeah. at night when I'm cleansing and stuff like that. It's kind of just like it makes me feel good. So it's kind of like a just something that you just throw out there that you just want to spend, like just dumb money. So wow, and this is all in, in your budget. Like you oh, account yeah. for this. Oh yeah, it's on my budget. I don't just spend really nothing. But with skincare alone, just 150. I mean, I get two haircuts a month. Um, I'm gonna start getting my hair braided by her. Shout out to Sabi again. So it's probably gonna go up to like 300 plus a wow. month. Wow, that's legit. Yeah. Oh wow, give me some. Oh my gosh, what? For me, let me not even speak for me because I don't really do March. But so I get my hair done maybe like mm, once every two months. Um, but that's free because you know we do hair. Okay. Um, I'll get my nails done if it's. I just took off my nails last night, but if it's gel, maybe it's like fifty dollars. But if I get my toes done as well, that's a hundred dollars per visit. Um, so let's say I get my nails done once a month. So that's a hundred dollars for my nails. Um, I started getting my eyebrows done, which if you never got your eyebrows threaded and your eyebrows are thin, I highly recommend threaded. That hurts. Oh no, no. It really hurts. Oh my gosh. Every time I go, I cry, <laughs> but it, it <laughs> makes me look good afterwards. And so it's like what? $10. Um, if oh, you really? need it. Yes. Oh, Oh, no 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 bad. we should actually go to this this place this place <laughs> by church no they actually they'll get you right really? like i didn't realize how much they actually changed my look until i got them and i was like why yeah. do i look clean so i would i would de definitely recommend getting your, your eyebrows done um there's I do that use, i do use minoxidil on my eyebrows to help them grow so they'll be a little bit thicker and minoxidil minoxidil oh okay people use that like on their beard or for like hair loss people use it because it kind of stimulates hair growth and mm -hmm. i use it on my eyebrows been doing that for like two three months now so it takes like six months for it to like actually like kick mm -hmm. in though. but hopefully like it grows thicker because supposedly like grows like thicker eyebrows hey everything because gills because <laughs> gills would <laughs> you like, would you still like get it threaded and use the minoxin minoxidil? i would probably get it uh like tattooed probably what's it called uh micro micro blading or shading micro blade. i'll probably get that done so i don't have to just keep getting you know threaded over and over no I'll but if you if you get the if you get the micro blading like your hair i'm pretty sure your hair still grows if you get a microbladed, like I attach think on your so. eyebrow? I, I thought so. Like, they shave it off, yeah. but then they draw it. But that doesn't prevent it from coming back, does it? But I thought it keeps it shaped forever. That's what I thought. Is that true? I don't believe anything is ever forever. I would yes, okay. yeah. I don't know. But I don't know. I, I say try the, try the, before you even try to do the, the shading, try the uh, threading. Threading? You look clean. And I think a part of it is, like, whenever they thread it, it makes the skin under, like, look lighter. Yeah. So it, it brings out the fact that you just got your eyebrows done. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want nobody to know though. Like I want it just to be natural. Oh, okay. You know. So so we'll go, we won't tell anybody. <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I I do that um maybe like once a month or whenever I feel like it. Um I don't know. For me I buy in bulk, so I can't even like say uh, how much I buy in a month, but I buy all my body wash at once. I buy a whole bunch of lotions at once. Um and then I also use Ava Estelle. Have you heard of it? No. No. Oh, I've, I've told you about it. Is yes, a it's a brand. It's a brand by uh, a Ghanaian guy in UK. His name is Yao. He created it for his wife because his wife had like really bad discoloration. And so it helps with hyperpigmentation. It helps with eczema. And like I have a personal testimony that them, they really helped me because at some point I broke out in hives and um, my skin is a little bit lighter. So the hives came out red. But then as soon as they left, it was just dark, dark spots everywhere. Mm. And so I used his his products within like i want to say a month to two months clear you can't even tell that i had oh. yeah so it was still i'm putting it on i'll probably put it on the screen so for y'all to see but oh that could definitely could have gone viral on tiktok you should have did that what that would have been viral yeah if you would have had the the before and after oh that definitely would have been viral sheesh i might we shall see maybe, maybe I'll, I'll think about it <laughs> yeah so 
I think it's interesting because I think for you personally, you spend more money on your like self care and health care more than me monthly. Yeah. So that's fantastic. I don't know, but a lot of stuff costs a lot for girls nowadays because it costs to get your eyelashes done, mm-hmm. costs to get your, your nails done, costs to get your hair done. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're really like doing that, then that costs a lot of money. Yeah, but. the bar for guys, honestly, is pretty low. Like with the guy, you kind of just kind of like dress well a little bit. I mean, you can just throw something on. Especially, like, if you lift weights, you don't really have to dress that much. I still yeah. try to dress a little bit, but you don't have to dress that much because all you kind of got to have is just fitted clothes, mm-hmm. maybe throw on a little bit of jewelry here. Ace, everything fitted, tight. Necklace, yeah. <laughs> a, wa- a watch here and there. Like, things kind of tailored, and you look good. With girls, you kind of got to do so much more, man. So, with guys, the bar is set so low because most guys don't even want to do, like, entry-level stuff. So, so if you do anything, you stand out from the crowd. Mm-hmm. So if if a if a like common guy is like entry level, what level are you? Are you giving intermediate, advanced? Like, well, it depends his body type for sure. That's what I think about. So I dress according to his body. So for me specifically, when I buy clothes, I care more about fit and the fabric. So if he's more of like a chunkier guy, maybe like um, have a shirt that's not super tight, mm-hmm. that's showing like maybe his stomach, maybe mm-hmm. a little bit something more oversized that would hide that to a little bit. But if like a slimmer guy, slimmer muscular guy, maybe something that's tighter showing off like his muscular features so it definitely depends like the size of the person and Mm. like highlighting their best features because that's what you really want to do when you dress up right you want to highlight your best features so it depends on every single person guys if you're watching this he's putting you on to some secrets (laughs) just some secrets and that's what girls do honestly like whenever we wear certain things like we have this thing called peplum and so it's like a shirt that goes like this but then it comes out but it also accentuates the waist and the hips so it makes it look even bigger than it is i mean people wear makeup even though you know they sometimes people do dramatic sometimes they do not you know but like <laughs> okay. at the end of the day we're emphasizing our best features right. and so you should you should no doubt um, i would be doing the same thing if i was a girl mm-hmm. it's a lot of work though y'all i'll do a lot this girl spend a whole bunch on hair nails makeup and that's even before you do like self-care like skincare mm-hmm. and like all that so it's it's a lot y'all could, y'all could budget like 500 dollars a month easy no very easy wow so then with all this self-care and stuff that you do have you ever has anyone ever been like bro you're doing so much like you're a guy like chill out mm, i mean i don't really bring it up to guys that much because one they don't really care like, right they're not gonna really ask about it that much but if i do bring it they'll be like oh that's unique i might start doing that or I may plug them into, like, some people on YouTube that, like, know way more about, like, skincare than me or way better at dressing than me. So I'll plug them to that if they really know. But no guy's not going to really be like, oh, you take care of yourself so much. Like, it's usually, <laughs> yeah. usually going to be, like, other girls that because they mm. care about that. And it's, like, scarce to see that. There's not mm. that much guys that do that. So Do you think more guys should put in more effort into their look? Oh, yeah, for sure. It'll definitely get you, like, more attention if you really cared about, like, how you look because mm. girls care about how their guys going to look yeah like you said, they're gonna want to show them off so if you look like a hot mess they're not gonna want to you know show you off to their friends or whatever you know true so if you care about how you dress you care about like your physique a little bit you do your skincare you care about your hair you whiten your smile like you can like level up in terms of your physical attractiveness hmm. you're giving tea <laughs> i try a little bit no you try a lot wow. <laughs> of course man i want my men my guys all my fellow guys to get you know Cause a lot of guys are lonely right now. They're not really getting any type of attention from girls. So I would say, like, you got to look inward with yourself. Like, would I date myself? Mm. Like, what can I do to, like, better myself that I make myself in a position where I can, like, get what I want, you know? I don't think no guy really wants to be just, like, alone. Right. Okay, two questions for you. What peaked this? Because, I mean, were you always like this? Like, where you always cared about how you looked? Did something, like, spark this? 
a girl actually sparked this mm. into me like about last year. That's kind of when I get involved into like skincare and like taking care of like my, uh, I always worked out, but taking care of like how I dress and mm-hmm. whatnot, because I kind of just like, how can I re- reverse engineer like what girls want? Because I wanted to get like uh, a girl at that point in time. Yeah, yeah. So I was like, how can I reverse engineer and get what I want? So I kind of just thought about like, instead of like looking at this mountain, like it's, so big to climb mm. like pretending i'm on top of the mountain and what i tell myself down there how to get up so i kind of just reverse engineer what do girls want and this and all that and i asked like my friends that are girls like what do they care about and then i started doing research on on youtube found guys on youtube and they've been helping me out so that's kind of where i've wow. got the philosophy and um, i try to just i mean when people ask i you know i tell them so mm-hmm. so now would you say like the motivation is still inherently to get more attention in females or are you just like now you've adopted it for yourself and you care about yourself Oh no it. no! Now it's a habit. I mean, yeah. I would. I'm not specifically doing it for females now. Then I say I probably was. Mm-hmm. Like you're never gonna see like a girl like go on YouTube how to get a date or how to get a boyfriend as much. Like mm-hmm. you'll see guys do that how to approach a girl and all that. You know. So, um, back then that was pretty much the reason. But now it's just like a habit. I like doing skincare. Like I said before, it's just something that like it's uh, therapy for me. I guess yeah. Okay. And then my second question, okay, so the first one was, like, how did you get here? Now, like, now that you're putting all this time, effort, and money into, like, your look and your well-being, do you feel like you get more attention? Yeah. Mm. I can tell. Like, I'm not just feeling it. Like, I can see. Mm. Give me the the tentacle details. I mean, well, girls come up to you. They compliment you on things. Um, I don't want to brag. Like, I don't want to seem like I'm braggadocious, but, like, Sometimes if you go like uh, swimming or stuff like that, mm. you get like more eyes, you get more attention. People compliment you. I mean, your DMs get a little bit more attention. So like you can tell to a certain degree. Mm-hmm. Does it ever make you feel some type of way to like, oh, you guys never noticed me earlier. Now that I'm looking better, feeling better. Now y'all, you know, are trying no, to get to no, me. No, no, no. I mean, I think that's part of the game though. If I was a girl, I'd be trying to like find like the best partner I could. So at that point in time, I mean, I wouldn't really date myself either before. Mm. I mean, maybe that's like not very healthy, but. I was like looking at it from a lens of like if I was a girl would I date myself like so and I would say no so mm-hmm. I kind of just like shifted like how can I position myself where I'm like this person's best partner like I'm her dream man like how can I be her dream man you know mm-hmm. where is <laughs> you putting in the work of course man you got to keep trying man especially as a man you always got to continue to improve as a man wow okay so do you have any like final words questions or comments mm. first time on the podcast in my whole life i don't know if y'all ever noticed i was a little bit nervous but well <laughs> oh, please see you i think you wear confidence very very well even if like you're nervous i don't think it shows because I, of how you present yourself present yourself and how you like speak really yeah i would say i'm a, I mean, I'm an okay speaker i think i mean that's something i actually want to get better at like public speaking Maybe one day I might be like in front of the church speaking like how okay. some of our other friends were. Maybe it's a possibility. But um, any questions specifically on? So what made you specifically want to start this podcast? Um. Well, you should go back to one of the first few episodes. It's, it's kind okay. of there. No, okay. but um, <laughs> what made me want to start is that I feel like I talk a lot. And I wanted a platform where I could actually express my views and my ideas, especially in this day and age where like a lot of Christian uh a lot of Christian philosophies or a lot of Christian principles, they're not appreciated. And so 
I felt like I didn't have a space to actually say what I wanted to say, especially on social media. I think the main thing that triggered it was like the George Floyd thing. Hmm. Whenever it was everywhere on social media and I would hear things like, if you're not saying anything, then you're supporting the other side. And I'm like, no, just because some of us are quiet doesn't mean that we necessarily are agreeing with the brutality, but we have something to say. It's just not what everybody else is saying. And so I realized that I didn't really have a space to say what I wanted to say if it didn't go if it didn't go with what everybody else was saying. And I have a lot of unpopular opinions. I have a lot of things that a lot of people don't actually agree with. And so that's why I was just like, you know what? I want a platform where I feel safe enough to share because I realized in a space of people, I'm more respectful to like their beliefs. So if they say something and I realize that my views are different, I I used to be the type to like say whatever I want to say regardless. But now I'm a little bit more like, okay, maybe if they're not going to agree with it, let me just not share. But in my own space, I can say what I want. (laughs) <laughs> so I was just like, you know what? Let me go ahead and say what I need to say, whatever God is telling me to say, whatever I feel like I want to say. And like, I mean, it's, it's kind of like they either watch it on YouTube or they listen to it on the podcast. So they don't talk to me directly, but I always let them know, like, if you have something to say or if you have like opposing viewpoint, you know, let me know. But for the most yeah. part, that's my freedom. Okay, <laughs> yeah. that's a unique philosophy. Um, yeah, I kind of, I mean, I'm kind of the opposite. I'm not gonna lie. Like, mm. I kind of like being proven wrong on mm. things because I'm, I'm more of a truth seeker for the most part right so like if i'm very strong like democrat i'm not just gonna be like so convicted in my thinking like i'm not gonna listen to anything a republican says. right like i'm gonna be like how can i even argue the republican side more than i can argue the democratic mm. side you know so i try to always just kind of be objective about things even though that's extremely hard i mean everybody has their own biases yeah it's extremely hard to be completely unbiased but I try to like understand the other person's point of view because they may be coming from like their own biases as well that could delude their thinking. So I'm like, mm-hmm. maybe if I like understand why they're thinking a certain way, I can convey the message and become a better speaker and communicator. So. Wow. You know what? If when, okay, so he's creating a podcast. So whenever it comes out, you know, definitely shout him out, you know, go ahead and check it out. But like, you know what it's giving? It's giving like prove me wrong. Like, yeah. it is a person like prove me wrong. That's a good title for a podcast anyway, if you're thinking that. Yeah, maybe that is one. We haven't really brainstormed any, but maybe mm-hmm. prove me wrong podcast. Yeah, no, um, because like, you know, I, I think I think that's, that's a strong, you have to be a, a very strong person to do that because if you're someone who's like not too, if you're not too grounded in what you believe, or like you can easily get offended when someone disagrees with you. But it seems like you like, you like the challenge. Oh yeah, I like the challenge. I do like debate. I like all that stuff, but. I, I just people feel like people like have so much strong convictions about like so much people like uh Ben Shapiro or Jordan Peterson like you can say these guys are controversial but I think they're they're just sharing really their opinions mm-hmm. and that's it at the end of the day like it's their opinions right. so like I don't think you should really just be like hating somebody or trying to cancel somebody so much mm-hmm. they're just sharing their opinions right. they're not like promoting any you know violence or anything like that at the end of the day, they're just sharing their opinions right. because, you know so I would definitely like to. Uh, subscribe to the prove me wrong <laughs> uh, mm. podcast <laughs> so. okay well do you have any last words to any of our viewers mm. can you tell the guys something like <laughs> like speak to the guys right now because i feel like you have so much to offer and somebody's probably here just like i like what he's saying give me some more uh, if i was speaking to a guy okay to get what you want you have to deserve what you want so that's a, that's a quote from charlie munger warren buffett's business partner anything in life whether it's your health whether it's your social life getting better, whether it's wealth creation, you have to deserve what you want. You know, life is not enough. It's, it's not a crazy enough place where you're going to reward a bunch of undeserving people for the most part. You know, you got your Paris Hilton's, you know, a little bit of that. Okay. Maybe a little bit. But you, for the most part, you got to deserve what you want. So I would say, like, think back and, like, how can I position myself 
where instead of like how can i be successful how can i not be a failure like instead Mm -hmm. of like how do i get rich how do i stay poor like what is everything i could do to stay poor instead of like how do i get fit how do i not be healthy like what Mm -hmm. is everything that i would do to be unhealthy and you'll easily get answered you easily get answered it's called inversion thinking so that's what i would say like everything starts with the mind like you kind of got to go go to war with your mind so that's what i would say guys you got to deserve what you want wow deserve which i'm gonna give you one more hold up (laughs) um i learned a lot from this conversation i think it also taught me like what i date myself seeing who i am and knowing like my flaws my strengths and what i put out there am i the type of person that i'd want to date and so it has me thinking like what could i do better to um become more appealing to myself and um i guess even to that outer lens and so i think it also taught me about discipline discipline is a choice and so it's not necessarily like motivation but motivation plus discipline would probably even take you farther than just motivation so thank you so much for speaking into the lives of so many people thank you for speaking into my life and showing me about (laughs) hair and skin because yo i don't even like the thing is i don't wear sunscreen but this man was just like you know sunscreen if you don't if you don't wear sunscreen you're gonna age and then you showed me the picture of the driver who um the The sun truck driver picture yeah a lot of them probably probably know it i probably put it on the on the screen it's i think a truck driver he who was driving and the, the sun always hit one side of his face and that that side of his face was severely like older looking than the other side and so after that i was like yeah i gotta give me some black girl um what is black this girl sunscreen. black girl sunscreen <laughs> so i always appreciate your insight for like what i can do to better my self-care and do better so thank you so much and thanks for having me i love the podcast yeah so this is sabrina this is morris and we're out peace, peace.